Hey, go ahead and grab your message notes out of your worship guide for digital note takers. It is on your app. Hope you're doing good. You're upright. You're walking around. I hope you don't have the flu or anything like that that's going around. I was sick as a dog all last week. So I hope all of you people who pray for winter, that that one week of winter we had so far, I hope you're happy. It gave everybody the flu and the sickness and all the good stuff going around. So I don't understand why you pray for cold weather anyway. So uh, write that on your Connect card so we can identify you, pray for you, and put you in a special seating section here at the church, all right? Uh, but I'm glad that you're here. Uh, this has been a really great series. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this series, Grateful, where we're just realigning our lives. You know, sometimes it's really easy not to be grateful, for us to miss all of the blessings that God gives us in our life. And the reality is we have so much to be grateful for. It really doesn't matter what season of life we're in. Man, you can just look around and go, wow, I didn't realize that somebody was dealing with that or they were going through this. Just this past week uh, when me and my seven-year-old were sitting and felt like we were on the verge of death, you know, I said, hey, buddy, you know what? Some people feel this way every day, and they know that in a few days they're probably not going to feel better than this. He said, really, Dad? I said, yeah, even as bad as you feel, we're really lucky. We're, we're blessed that we're so healthy all the time. I said, the reason this feels bad is because you're healthy all the time, man. He said, I didn't think about it that way, Dad. And he probably hadn't again since. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we have reasons to be grateful. As a matter of fact, at the top of your outline, the Bible tells us to be thankful. Underline that word, thankful. In all, and that's the important part right there. You ought to underline that word, in all. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's, here's another good word to underline, his will, his best, his plan, his desire for you and for me. It's God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He so wants us to see all of the good that he does. And if we never had a bad experience, everybody, if we never went through something difficult, we would know, never know the difference of what good feels on the other side. You would never be able to identify God's blessing if you didn't go through a difficult moment and season of your life. And so this month, we've been exploring that. In week one, we talked about some of the reasons that we have for not being grateful. And those reasons are all our own. It's all our selfishness. It's the way that we interpret things, the way that we deal with things. We follow our emotions and our feelings and all the things. And so we just identified some of the barriers that we have in our own lives of being grateful. And then last week we talked about how to be grateful in all seasons, even when it is tough. Because listen to me, I know that there are tough seasons. I know that in this room today, you are facing things that are difficult, that are hard, that are heartbreaking. It doesn't minimize what you're walking through, but it does maximize the one who's walking through with you. That's what it means to be grateful. And then today, we titled your message, God's Love Language, because we're going to learn how to be grateful to God how to get to the heart of God and show him our gratefulness. Because if God is faithful, even though sometimes we have our own barriers, if God is faithful, even sometimes when we walk through difficult moments, we have to learn how in all times, in all seasons, and in all things to be grateful to God. Some of you have heard of love languages. Anybody ever heard of love language in here? This is not a new concept. A, a pastor about 30 years ago came up with this, uh, the five love languages. If you've never read it, you should. You should find that with your spouse. As a matter of fact, you can just skip the book. Go online, find the test. There's a little test, and it'll tell you your different love language because this is important, and I'm going to show you why. And I'm going to show you how you connect this to God. And these are the five love languages that he says that we all have. The first is words of affirmation. 
In other words, when you spend all that time, ladies, getting ready. My wife was off the platform today, and she had already been in the closet for a considerable amount of time picking out what she's going to wear to church. And then she lays down in the bed, and she gets a text late that says, a kid is sick, someone's leading worship in Columbiana. So she says, well, okay, I'm leading worship tomorrow. So I've got to, I was like, okay. She said, well, I've got to go pick out another outfit. So I was like, what, what's the difference? So I was like, well, two hours later. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they, ladies, you spend that much time. Fellas, some of the ladies just want to hear, that looks really nice. And they feel like it's a million bucks because it's words of affirmation. You said something kind. Some of you go, that's all it takes? That's why you need to know your love language. Here's another one, acts of service. You do something nice for them. If I want to get to my wife's heart, let me tell you what I do. I walk in the kitchen. I bag up the trash. I tie it up like that right there. And I say, hey, sweetheart, taking out the trash. (laughs) And then she just kind of gives me a look. I said, oh, yeah, I took out the trash. And then a few hours later, I may say something like this. Hey, sweetheart. You remember a few hours ago I took out the trash? You know what I'm saying? Because I know it's a key to her heart. Uh, The third one, he says, is receiving gifts. Some of you are just like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Just buy me something. And uh, guys, those of you who are married to that love language, I'm sorry. I looked up. My wife's just not a big deal to her. Thank God, because I'm very frugal. And then the fourth is quality time. That's my love language. I would prefer nothing more than if I'm just somewhere and my wife is just there. She's just around. She's just, she may be in the other room doing something, but just to know that she's around. That's, that's to me, like I appreciate quality time. And then the fifth is physical touch. Somebody said, come on, somebody. <laughs> you can get Pentecostal on that one. Somebody almost said, oh, I'm going to run. You ain't never ran in church, but you just felt like right then you was going to run in church. Some of you weirdos are like, don't touch me. Just don't even get close. And some of you thought, well, I tried to give you a hug. I tried to kiss you, and you just pushed me away. Some of you said, I, I, I bought you this beautiful diamond necklace, and you looked at me like it was a bubblegum toy out of the quarter machine. You're like, I don't understand. I'm doing all the things. And here's the difficulty. Sometimes we express our love language to the person that we're trying to give love to because the only thing we know is what we like and what we appreciate. But we've never taken the time to learn what the person who is the recipient of our gratitude and gratefulness, we don't know what their love language is. And so everybody, especially if you're married, here's the secret to it. You need to know what their love language is so that you can serve them. Because that's what showing gratitude is. It is serving your significant other or serving those who are around you. And the greatest one we can serve, the greatest heart we can reach is the heart of our Father. And so today we're going to learn four things that God loves. It is his love language that today when you sat and you go, I don't even know, really know how to have this connection to God. I hear about God. We read about God. He's somewhere out there. But how does it become relational? How does it become personal? How does it become intimate and a tangible relationship? Well, you know the love language of your father so you can express gratitude and gratefulness in the way that reaches his heart. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in today and learn how to give our gratefulness to God. So Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness today. Thank you for loving us so much. You've created us 
so unique. We are all such an expression, God, of your love to us. And God, I pray that today we learn how to return to you our gratefulness for all of your goodness in our life, God. So today, just teach us and help us to be more like you and to be able to love you more, to be able to be closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's four things that God really loves that gets his heart. Number one, write this down, sing to God. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Well, I can't sing. And that's true. I've sat close around some of you. And you're not wrong about that, okay? But it's not about the quality of your voice. See, I have to sit on the front row. If you notice, I never sit in the back with some of you guys. And here's the reason. Because my voice will carry across your ears. And you don't want that. So see, right here, I'm in my safe space. There's nobody in front of me. So I have to get my own little, little area. You know, Because if I sit by you, I got to be like, God, you're so good. I just kind of got to hold it back. But if I can get on the front row, I can just let it go. You know what I'm saying? God loves it when you sing. See, sometimes we walk into an environment of worship like this on a Sunday morning, and we just think it's like a production. We think it's like, well, I'm just, I hope they sing this song, or I hope this person is singing. And we think about what we're going to receive out of what's about to happen. We think everybody has prepared this moment so that we could receive a good performance, or we could hear a song that we love, or it's something that's done for us, but in fact, it's not done for you at all. Everything that happens up here is done for the Father, and their goal is to lead you in the journey to giving gratefulness to God through singing to Him. Let me show it to you. Here's what the Bible says. Sing. Underline that. I just I don't want to call us out as a church, but I just happen to notice some of you don't sing. <laughs> We just, you know what I'm saying? I watch, I know. Some of you don't sing. You go, well, I got my reasons, but we're going to tackle that. But the Bible says sing. You know if the Bible says to do something? We should do it. Sing. Sing out your what? Your thanks. Underline that word. Because all of these songs that we sing and all of these words that are given, they are thanks. They're not just songs. They're not just something that you just listen to for the sake of listening, but it is singing out, expressing, giving gratitude, giving thanks to the Lord. Sing praises, underline the word praises. Sing praises to our God with a harp. Now, we don't have any harps around here, but we took liberty here. Because I really like, like when Jason like gets the bass. Y- y'all see, you ever see him play the bass? You know it's a good Sunday when he's got this one leg spread and he's kind of got this. That's kind of how he plays the bass up there. And I'm like, that's, co- that's a lot cooler than a harp. I'm just saying. Now, if you play a harp, I mean, bring it. We've got an onboarding process. We'll see where we can kind of. Maybe. Maybe there's a spot. I don't know. Depends on how good you are at the harp. I mean, I'm just saying. But we'll, we'll work with it. But the heart here is is that you're singing out, you're expressing. When that bass is thumping, it's expressing this worship. It's giving this gift that has been given, granted from God, and returned back to him, leading us with it. Psalm 95 says this, Come, let us, there it is again, sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with, what, thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Now, thankfully, no one there didn't really say a lot about clapping in here right now because I don't know what it is about. I don't know if it's everywhere, but we can't clap around here. I've just noticed it's like y'all trying to catch flies. Like somebody's over here, and then like it gets to over here real quick. Somebody grabs it over there. Like we, we're trying, but, but it's just tough. I get it. Sometimes we're having a hard time with it. 
but we're trying to express our worship and our gratitude. And I've heard people say, well, that's just not my thing. I don't, you know, I, you don't understand. I don't feel like singing. If you knew where I was in my life, you just, if you knew what I was going through, you wouldn't want to be happy and bubbly and singing songs either. Well, but the Bible covers that. Thank you. Acts 16. In the New Testament, it says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Where are prisoners located? Jail. Good job, everybody. Come on. Jail. Paul and Silas are in jail. Now, not because they committed a crime, not because they did anything bad. They're in jail for obeying God. They're in jail for doing what God told them to do, in which the outcome would be that they would end up in jail, and God knew it, and yet they were not mad at God about it. Instead of being mad at God, they were grateful to God, and in the worst moment of their life, they are beginning to worship by doing what? Singing hymns as the other prisoners listen. Verse 26, suddenly, that's important, out of nowhere, when you didn't expect it, suddenly there was a massive earthquake And the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. You know why God showed up in such a miraculous way? Because they honored God. They were thankful in all things, in all seasons, and at all times. This is the challenge to us, is that when we come into an environment like this, when it is so easy, Because, look, you you got everybody joining in together. We're all here for the same purpose. But you take that lifestyle of honoring God, and you can sing a song in here that reaches his heart. You know what you can do on Monday morning? You can get out of bed, and you can sing a song that reaches the heart of God. Because songs have power. See, we don't believe it. We don't think about it. But what you sing and what you express, the Bible says that there's power of life and death that's in the tongue. I want to prove it to you. Y'all, y'all help me out this year. This is a little, little, little test. Y'all help me. Dolly Parton. Y'all know who Dolly is? Sinners. Uh, Dolly Parton asked this woman not to take her man. Jolene. All right. Y'all couldn't get prisoners, but you got that one. That's good. <clears throat> Madonna. I know. Madonna said, Papa, don't. Yep. Whitney Houston said, I will always, yes, she did. Michael Jackson said, Billie Jean is not my, yep, yep. Some of you don't even, y'all are so young, you don't even know these people. They've been been gone long dead before you even got to see them. These are just like, I asked Asher, my seven-year-old, so you know Michael Jackson? Who's that? Who's that? I have not raised you right. So we play some Michael Jackson. What do you think, buddy? It's okay. (laughs) You wasn't very impressed. It's all right. Now, I went back old school. Because that's, that's, that's been a minute. These have been a minute. But everybody in this room, you still knew it. You know why? Because it made an impression on you. But I can tell you this. You're not going to be sitting around on your worst day trying to reach the heart of God saying, Papa, don't preach. You need a song in your heart. You need something that edifies the Lord. You need says something that says, wake up, soul. Come on, get yourself together. Come on, I, I've got this. We can do this. God's on my side. God's watching me. Something that reaches the heart of your father. A song that will reach his heart. Worship. Worship literally means to give worth and to give value, to assign it. Everybody, that's why we do that 
in a collective experience like this is because it reaches the heart of God. And I want to challenge us to lean into it in moments like this right here so that we can lean into it in our everyday life. Because you need it outside of this church more than you need it inside of these walls. And if we can't do it inside of these walls, I'm telling you, we're not doing it outside in the rest of the world of our life. We need to know how to reach the heart of God. Why? Because God's attracted to it. I think you ought to write that down. Why, why should I do this? Well, well, we just skip. I don't know. It reaches the heart of God. He's attracted to it. Here's a second reason this extra that I think you ought to worship is because it aligns us with God. Worship aligns me. Worship puts me back in the right mode of thinking and feeling. I sing the words of God. I sing the lyrics of his word, the Bible. Some of these songs that we sing, you don't even realize that they're written out of Scripture. And as you sing and as you know these and as they get into your spirit, you're literally singing the heart of God through his word. And the third thing I'd tell you about worship is it changes the atmosphere. Listen, I love Sunday mornings, and I think Sunday mornings are awesome. And I love our worship moments. But you know what I think is even more powerful than our worship moments on, on Sunday mornings? It's when we come together for a night of worship. Because, because when we show back up extra on a Sunday night, like it's, it's a little bit of an extra attempt to get to God. And the people who showed up really wanted to worship God. And I can tell you there's something different about the atmosphere. Because we came in here to worship and honor and give worth to God. It changes the atmosphere. Listen to me. You want to change the atmosphere of your home? Go ahead and just set your, whatever your device is, just set it to worship and let it play. And you just let worship get in your spirit. Man, I love that when I go to put my son to bed at night, I can hear worship music playing out of his room. And I didn't tell him to do it. I didn't, he just, it's become out of his life, out of the overflow of what he's experienced with God. And you mean to tell me that a seven-year-old that's going to sleep and waking up listening to worship, that's not getting in his heart and his spirit, and that's not going to carry him in the days ahead? Listen, it changes the atmosphere. It'll change the atmosphere of your house, of your work, change the atmosphere of your ride to work tomorrow morning, and it'll change the atmosphere of your heart because God is attracted to it. Sing to God. Number two, here's God's love language. Here's what gets his heart. Give to God. Give to God. Giving. This is really important because it's a biblical principle that we like to skip over, but it's so important. Look what the Bible says. Give and underline this, offering. So we do giving around here on Sundays. You know that. We, we do it at the end of the day. Y'all know why we do it at the end of the day? Many of you don't know why we do that. You've been to some churches where they stop in the middle, they'll sing, and then they'll do, uh, they'll, they'll call it, we're going we're gonna to take up the offering or we're going to receive the offering. We don't take an offering here and we don't receive an offering. You never hear us say those words. Uh, we don't do it before anything happens or in the middle. We do it at the very end. And do you know why? We do it because we all give together. The church isn't taking anything from you. Nobody's coming to drag anything out of your pockets. Uh, I'm not receiving. We are giving to God, and we do it at the end because if you're our guest today and you don't know Jesus, the last thing that I want you to think about is this day was about to get your money. But there is a principle about God getting our money and getting our resource because the Bible says you give an offering. Why? To show thanks to God. Underline that. It's biblical. Give God most high what you have promised. 
And then Jesus talked about it because we go, well, yeah, but what, what's Jesus say about it? Well, look on the screens with me. I put Matthew 25, 40, and that's the takeaway, but I'm going to give you in context. Look on the screen. This is Jesus telling a story, and he says, but when the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, that's when Jesus returns, he said he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and notice what happens. He will separate the people as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. So there's going to be a separation of all the people gathered before the throne of God. So that something tells me right there that it's not an automatic entry for everybody into heaven. So every funeral I've ever been to, everybody has made it 100% to heaven. So said from behind the pulpit, but that's not true. Jesus said there's going to be a separation. Notice what he says. He says, verse 33, He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from creation of the world. Why did he invite them in? Well, look at verse 35. He said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or stranger and show hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick and in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Jesus said the difference was in what we gave. It was a life of generosity. Not only does the Bible tell us that we honor God with the first of what we have, our resources, a tithe, 10%, but also in the life that we live, that we give it away. There is power in being a blessing to people because as you bless people, you are blessing God. Listen, I took my son to the doctor this week, little doctor's office down uh, the street, and they were phenomenal. Treated us so well, went over the top doing extra things to where I felt like they actually cared about us because we were human people. And the place was packed. There was three-plus-hour waits, but they didn't rush us in and scoot us out. and just We weren't just a number. They really took time. I, went, I took him twice. I went once. And then they were so good to us every time. It just stood out. So Friday morning, I, took, I asked them while I was there, just, just said, hey, you know, y'all are busy. So how many people y'all have in your office working? They said, well, usually about 10 or so. I said, wow, all, just 10 people. So I took about 15 biscuits from Chick-fil-A to them Friday morning. And I just peeked behind the counter. I said, listen, I said, I don't know if you remember, but I came in here with my son this week. They said, yeah. I said, you took such good care of us. I said, I just wanted to bless you. I said, because I know people are usually just angry about stuff, and you don't usually hear when you do such a good job. I said, but I could tell you I really cared, and I just wanted to be a blessing to you. And the looks on their faces. It was like, you thought I'd brought a steak dinner. I said, hey, just back up. It's just Chick-fil-A biscuits now. She said, oh, if I wouldn't mind this guy, I'd come hug you. I said, you don't want to. I said, I might still be contagious. I said, it's okay. See, it don't take much, everybody, just to show gratitude and gratefulness. And when you give, it does something to the heart of people that's around you. But ultimately, look, it gets the heart of God. So why do we give? Here's three little extra things that I want you to get. Write it down. It, it puts God first. When I gave to that doctor's office, I also gave to God because it was a blessing to his heart, because it was a blessing to his kids. 
And every time that you're a blessing to somebody, it grabs the heart of God. The second thing it does, it, it builds trust. When I give to God and he honors me, let me tell you, I believe in it so much, not because it's a church thing. See, when, when we give through the church, you're not giving to the church, you're giving to God. Now, we all, as the church, can accomplish things together because of our giving. But I've been doing this a long time, and I can just tell you, God has proven himself to me that when I give, he blesses me, and now I never, ever, ever, I never question my giving to God because I've never been able to outgive him. There's been times in my life that I could not explain why I had what I had other than the fact that God was taking care of me. So I'm just telling you, it begins to help you put trust in God. And the third thing is, is giving is gratefulness. That's what gratefulness is, giving. It's thanksgiving. It's in giving. Getting is what most of us put our attention to. And if we put our attention to getting, we can never get enough. But man, when you put your attention into giving, you can never give enough because you'll never outgive the resource that God will provide when you give. And the third thing is this. Here's number three on your outline. is His love language is to pray to God. Pray. We don't think about that because that's not what we think about prayer as. But let me show it to you. The Bible says don't worry about anything. Everybody, <laughs> that's, that's easier said than done, isn't it? Yep. You know why? Because that's me saying that. But see, if I do it God's way, then I'm okay. But when I'm still saying, well, that's easier said than done, that means it's, I'm still trying to do it. But he says, hey, look, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. He gave you permission to take every one of your cares to him. As a matter of fact, the Bible also says you can come boldly before the throne of God. You can present yourself boldly. So you can pray about anything. There's nothing off limits. God cares about it all. But notice this. Tell God what you need and, underline this because this is important. This is where we miss it. Thank him. I told you in week one, God's answered more prayers than we've ever appreciated him for. But he says in his word, don't forget to thank me. I like some appreciation. I like to be a blessing to my son until he becomes a brat. And then I just cut it off. We just cut it. We just turn. It goes dry real quick. But he knows how to do it, though, if he's really appreciative. You know what I mean? You want to be a blessing to him. Our fathers are some way. Thank him for all he's done. Then, underline that word because there it is. It's a sequence then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Some of us will say, well, we've tried prayer, and it just doesn't work for me. I don't know why it didn't work for me. Well, it's because you're doing it wrong. The reality is most of us pray selfish prayers. Most of us pray prayers that if God were to allow those prayers to be answered, we would regret it within six months. We would regret that we'd ever prayed it before because it wasn't God's best for us to begin with. That job you wanted, you don't want to sit by the person that you're going to have to sit by every day if you get that job. And God knows it. He's trying to help you. But we pray it anyway. Selfish prayers. But what did Jesus tell us to do? Jesus taught us how to pray, didn't he? Jesus says when you pray, he, he, he immediately says, you honor God first. You be grateful to God. He said, our Father in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. There's nothing greater than you, God. You are the reason that I showed up today. You're the reason that I woke up this morning. May your will be done, God. Not mine, but may your will be done in my life. 
See, Jesus taught us that the first thing we do is we honor God, we are grateful to God, we appreciate God, and we put God in his proper place as number one. So when you pray, know that your gratefulness and your thankfulness is what reaches the heart of God. So don't just pray as a, as a to-do list and don't just pray as a rub-a-dub-dub, thank God for the grub. Don't just pray for all the things you want or need. But insert gratefulness into your prayers every day. Sincere gratefulness to God and watch the difference. And then number four, you need to serve God. <coughs> serve God. I think many of us struggle in this area. For some reason, we have it figured in our lives that, um, that this walking out Christianity and a relationship with Jesus is a genie in a bottle thing that we got into this for what we can get out of it. But the real, re the real truth is, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And, and a cross wasn't anything you wanted to have any association with. A cross wasn't a dream vacation. A cross wasn't an easy journey. But yet Jesus says, if you love me, you'll take up that cross and you'll obey me. We're to serve. We're to have skin in the game. Look at Hebrews 12, 28. It says, since we have a kingdom nothing can destroy, let us, underline this, please God. Man, I, I wish somebody would tell me how to please God. How, how do I please God? Well, keep reading. By serving him. There it is. Please God by serving him, not with hostility, not with begrudgment, not with, oh, I got to do this. No, with thankful hearts and with holy fear and awe. What's that holy fear? It's great reverence. It's great respect. It's great honor. It's gratefulness to the one in which I am serving. And let me just tell you, church, I'm proud of you because you do that. Those of you serve on our C team, you do it like no other. I mean, I'm just telling you, we're gathered in this. There's so many things that happen around here. I just made a list of, of what happens around here that you don't even think about. We have a team of people that do administrative stuff around here. As a matter of fact, people who have been here since early this morning after church will gather in the back office, and they'll go through every one of those Connect cards that we tell you that we pray over and that we go through. They go through every single one, and they see you by name. Everyone. We have behind-the-scenes creative people that do all the creative stuff. The parking team, greeting team, all those signs that are out on the road that direct people how to get here. Some of you skydivers and bungee jumpers, risk takers, just, oh, I just saw a sign pulled in. I said, like, wow, thank God. But somebody went and put those out. Thank you for doing that. We have people who welcome you when you come in, people who made that coffee that you're drinking. We have people in the kids' area that are loving on your kids and teaching them about Jesus and leading them in worship, not babysitting, no, but investing in them, praying with them, talking with them, and encouraging them and telling them that God's got a plan and a purpose for their life. We have teenage ministry that meets every week, Celebrate Recovery, Gerald Ministry, people that drive the van all over town. They got up early this morning, drove downtown Birmingham, would drive back here, drive back down there and come back again. We have people on Friday nights that rush in from work from downtown Birmingham, get in the van, drive all the way back downtown, pick people up, drive them all the way back, then go all the way back, and then come all the way back. They're home at like midnight, and that's their Friday night. You think that doesn't reach the heart of God? It's awesome. Van drivers, worship team, media, light, sound, camera, production, photography, small group leaders, cultivate joys coming up. We do missions. We serve in our schools and our community. We live life on purpose. We serve God. And let me tell you, nobody's serving a pastor here. Nobody's serving a logo here. Nobody is serving an individual. Let me tell you something. All of this 
Whenever Jesus comes back, we'll all fade away. This won't last forever. Now, may it last and produce fruit until Jesus comes. But the goal is that we take everybody to heaven, not to church. The church is a part of it. But let me ask you this question. How is your serve? When it comes to really serving God, are you trying to get from God? Are you trying to give to God? It's his love language. And when you're grateful, everybody, when you do what this says, when you do it with thankful hearts and a holy fear and a great awe, it changes your life. And here's our heart for you today is that our life would be changed into a sincere walk with a God who loves you so much. A God who sees your needs today. A God who does see your difficulties and does see your problems. And he does care. But today, he is God. And he's got to be put in his proper place, in proper perspective. And it's his heart. And it's our gratefulness given to a God who loves us. And so I want to pray that over us today. Will you bow your head? Close your eyes and I want to pray for us today. As we're on this journey of gratefulness, we've talked about our own lives the past couple of weeks and what God does for us and how God helps us in our time of need. But today's a different moment. It's a different perspective. It's how we return that and we give it back to God. And I just want to ask you and let you just take inventory of your life today and say, how have I been doing in honoring God? Have I given God what he deserves? Have you been busy, but you've been doing it just because you do it? Or has it come from a thankful place? Have you been generous or maybe a little stingy? reality is if we're stingy with a little we'll be stingy with a lot so stingy doesn't help us get to the heart of God in our prayer time is it more focused on me or thee does it get our worship or just our complaints so today I want us to take a moment to just realign ourselves to be grateful to God But maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with him at all. And that's the place you need to start. I want to pray that for you today. That today you wouldn't leave this room without knowing that you've got a personal relationship with Jesus. So Father, today, if there's any of us here that don't know you personally, we pray that you'd forgive us of our sin. We know we've fallen short, we've messed up. God, we need you. So we just pray that today you would forgive us as we walk in relationship with you. Thank you for relationship. Thank you for loving us. And God, I pray that you'd get the best of our lives. Take our hearts. And God, use us as we return every blessing back to you with a grateful heart. God, as we learn more about who you are and what your love language is, what reaches you, God, may we do that in every season and in all things. May we worship you and give to you, God. May we pray with gratefulness and honor and may we serve with thankfulness in our heart so that we make heaven a bigger place. Give joy in this room. Give laughter in this room. God, I pray that you bring peace to every person as we chase your heart. We know you will for us. 
and we'll honor you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.